Welcome to Oh! The Stories We Will Tell, hosted by best-selling authors and speakers, Ryan and Laura Dobson. We're pulling back the curtains to give you a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, honest look at our life together, from day one up to today. Everything. We'll tell the stories of all the laughter, tears, triumphs and failures that helped make us who we are. Here we go. So let's join the Atomic Mum and the Disruptor, Ryan and Laura Dobson, for this episode of Oh! The Stories We Will Tell. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. <laughs> I love that so much. MyPillow.com. That makes me so happy. What's up, Rebels? Ryan and Laura back here for episode 11 of Oh! The Stories We Will Tell. We have not done this in a while. Uh, we had to take a break. Uh, Laura had surgery, and the recovery has been fine, but it just kind of takes it out of you. It does. Yeah. We've it done, has. I, I've said we've done enough. How about that? How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we were doing well, all of our regular- Well, I talked pr- to some people, too, and, and talking about getting your appendix out later in life, because most people get their appendix out earlier oh, than yeah. 45 or 44. Consoles, but appendix, All those know. things happen earlier in life. <laughs> so someone told me, oh, be prepared for like a six-month recovery until you feel 100% normal again. I'm like, uh, thanks. That's not what I wanted to hear. No, but it's also good to hear so that it makes sense how you feel, yeah. right? When you went to your doctor and he's like, they gave you IV antibiotics and are you taking a probiotic? And we were like, oh yeah, ooh, ooh, yeah. oh yeah, that thing we do, probiotics. Yeah, yeah, when you get IV antibiotics, when you're done, you better start pumping your body full of probiotics. Kombucha, kimchi, uh, you know, real actual yogurt, not the junk they sell in a store. Not the kind that I accidentally bought. That does that stuff doesn't work, people. Yeah, but it's got <laughs> nine grams of sugar and like a little bit of probiotic. A it's enough bit. to where they. It's like the eighth ingredient. The, the sugar ninth ingredient. eats it. It's like the yeah. sugar doesn't even work. It's like yeah, yeah. But here's the thing you can tell about food products: the first three ingredients is really what it's made of. Everything after that is like trace amount, usually. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Producer Kay's laughing at us. Yeah. Totally. Ah. So this show, we have a lot to tell. It might not be the most positive show, but we think it will be helpful for some listening. Here's the truth. We said this was going to be an unfiltered look at our life. And the unfiltered look, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. Yep, the messiness comes. uh, The last episode, we had friends visiting, and it was cute, and Lincoln had stopped being colic. Um, So here's here's the interesting part about that. He was, let's see, October, November, December, January. Seven months old, oh, I already knew that. Seven months old when he stopped being colicky. And what we know to be true is in the first two years of your child's life, on average, parents lose six months of sleep. You lose 25% of your sleep in the first six months of your kids, in the first two years of your kid's life. That's six months. If your child is colic, you're way on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And we were crazy, crazy, crazy sleep deprived. I mean, it was crazy sleep deprived. What's up, Jeanette? So good. What's up, Betsy? What's up, Sarah? Um, so let's see. I'll, I'll start with our life before kids and our life after kids, and then let's yeah. go into medically what was going on after what college. happened. Is that cool? That sounds great. So. Laura and I, if you have been keeping up to date on all these broadcasts, and if not, we'll just give you a little recap. We met in Southern California. We were both full-time surfers. Not full-time surfers as a living. But I was. No, just kidding. 
I surfed. <laughs> I tried. My goal, I surfed every single day I wasn't on the road. If I wasn't on the road speaking, I was in the water somewhere uh, surfing. It didn't matter what time of the year. I surfed all the holidays one year. I surfed Christmas. I surfed New Year's. I surfed Martin Luther King Day, President's it's Day. It's mandatory to surf on New Year's Day. That's yeah. just a given, people. Um, and then the Lord brought us to Colorado suddenly. It was not our plan. It was suddenly. And we didn't have a ton of friends. We had some friends, but not. He a... had friends. I didn't have any friends. We made some friends. Oh, yeah. I know, but you already had friends here. I had a few friends. Yeah. But we didn't have a giant network or support system around us. Yeah, no. That was all back in California. And so our first year, I was still working a ton. There were easy, cheap flights to California. And Laura flew to California back to see her family and friends about every couple of months. Yeah. Honestly. Um, maybe every month and a half you'd go back to California and then we got you an annual pass for snowboarding. Our first year mm -hmm. in Colorado, Laura snowboarded about 21 days. And if I wasn't on the road, we could go snowboarding and skiing. I skied. Um, Together. We'd go on like Wednesday, yeah. Thursday and it's not that far away. Two and a half, three hours away. We'd go up in the morning, ski, you know, 15, 20 runs, eat lunch, maybe come back, maybe do one more run, come home. I mean, it was, it was really fun. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was really, really fun. This is pre-Lincoln. Oh, yes. Everybody. Um, I had tons of work right when we moved here. Uh -huh. uh, when Lincoln was born, all of that stopped abruptly. And, you know, there was, there was this insane domino effect. We're, we go to counseling together. We have our private counselors, and then we go together as well. Um, and... We were looking back at the last year, but I'm looking back at our early years now and piling so many things on top of so many things, it's really shocking to look back at it sometimes. So we went from going to California regularly, skiing and snowboarding all the time. And me going on some of the events with you. Oh, remember? yeah. Laura traveled with me. You know, we were a fun couple and when Lincoln was born, right before he was born, Laura lost her mom. So loses the number Un one supporter in her life unexpectedly, just like that. Um, she was going to come stay with us and help us learn how to be parents and gradually ease into it. Yeah, for six weeks, my mom was going to come stay with us and help me raise Lincoln because I had no idea what I was going to what to do me either and then we had a colicky baby for seven months so we went from going to california skiing and snowboarding traveling as a couple all the fun 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 to losing laura's mom and having a baby being born then and then the laura, blood clot laura almost died two weeks after like literally almost Close. died like, like we're not kidding people doctors running down the hall saying if this blood clot breaks free you're gonna lose your wife they put her in this pressure suit oh it was this huge like balloon that it would just keep on making my whole body like it would squeeze your body squeeze my body it's every... like putting a balloon around you and then it was... pumping it up with air and squeezing it your was body so uncomfortable especially because i my, i uh my milk had come in anyway you don't need to know it it was well, just really uncomfortable no, no, that's any, any mom listen, should any, know that it's mostly moms listening. But here's the truth: <laughs> Laura had tried to start breastfeeding, and that was going really poorly. Yeah, he was not latching. He was on. not latching he was not on doing properly. Well. And then when she had the blood clot, they started giving her so many blood thinners. It transferred to Lincoln. He was bleeding abnormally, and they abruptly said, "You can no longer breastfeed your son." 
Yeah, I would have to pump for six months to a year. And then if, if after that time, then I could start breastfeeding him again. And I just looked at the person and was like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? I can't believe you, those words just came out of your mouth. And looking back, I can see oh. I can see some moms doing that, but that was not going to be me. I was not going to be that mom that was going to pump for six months, pump and dump, and not even save any of it because it was all contaminated with Coumadin. Yep, it was. Yeah, it was so, so gnarly. So Laura almost died. Um, and then Lincoln was incredible. He is the best kid in the whole world. At, at one month, two month, three month, four month, five month, he cried all the time. Yeah. I mean, he cried all the time. We had lost all of our sleep. And it was during this time that my work started drying up to where the speaking requests were coming fewer and fewer and further and further between. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So he stops the colic. We feel like we're getting a reprieve. We're getting a little bit more sleep. And I got to tell you, he was the most gorgeous baby you've ever laid oh, eyes on. Oh, so cute. Like, like here's, how, here's how crazy gorgeous he was. Laura had to, like, tell people to not touch him uh, because we would be in, like, a supermarket, and people were like, oh, my goodness, and they would reach into his car carrier. Like, strangers, and this didn't happen once or twice. It happened all oh. the time. Yeah. Like, we, she started having to put him, like, in specific places in the cart and then keep her hands around him. Like, I remember one time we were one in a One time I whacked a woman. Yeah, Laura totally slapped a woman's hand away, and the, the look on the woman's <laughs> face was so much shock and embarrassment. She just goes, oh, my goodness, I almost touched your baby. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, like – don't touch a stranger's baby, regardless of how cute he is. Like, super inappropriate. Like, for sure inappropriate. Not cool. It's just like when women go to touch the other, the stomach, when they see a pregnant woman. You know when people do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's okay. Boundaries, people. Boundaries. Yeah, Boundaries. just because I'm pregnant. Just and because like I'm pregnant and look really pretty doesn't mean you get to touch my belly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. <laughs> so... Here's the other part of the story is, uh, yeah, in fact, just so you know, with like the blood clot thing, Laura had to give herself a shot. I did it for a while, and then she started doing it. She had to give herself a shot. Your dad had to do it, too. When I was out of town. Yeah, because I was so nervous. I couldn't do it. Now I could do it, no problem. But She had to give herself a shot of blood thinner in the stomach every, every day. Every day. Every single day, she was giving herself a shot in the stomach, or I was doing it Um for a long, long Six months. time. Six months of doing that. Uh, which, by the way, affects everything you do. So you're not allowed to do anything highly active. Like, if she were to fall and hit her head, it would have been really devastating. So, so there's just crazy warnings of you can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah. And, you know, you they, don't they run. They scare you into sed sedentary. Into a full sedentary life. Life, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. They just make sure you're just not doing anything crazy no skateboarding no it was like walking oh, yeah. was the extent of yep. and make sure you don't trip when you're walking yeah and at this time like you know laura's got postpartum depression she's got depression from losing her mom yeah just before i mean like <clears throat> just months. lost her mom <clears throat> overwhelming feelings of emotions and at times depression from almost dying uh, all these things taking place. And so mm. 
this is an interesting conversation to have because I don't want to necessarily throw every doctor we have under the bus. Like, definitely not. And Laura was prescribed uh, blood thinners, painkillers, antidepressants, uh, ambient to sleep, and then somewhere in there, an ADD med as well. Yes. At the very least. So you've got things to go to sleep, things to wake up, things for the pain, physical pain, things for the emotional pain. Um, without, here's the truth too. I don't remember one doctor or really anyone in our life telling us that that might not be the best solution. Well, not only that, but not <laughs> suggesting, Hey, you know what? You've gone through maybe the hardest season. In fact, definitely not. Maybe you've gone through the hardest season of your life. You need to seek therapy and counseling. You need to get with a counselor. You need yeah. to start processing these emotions that you had no idea how to process yeah. at all. That was never suggested. So we weren't seeing a counselor. Like now, you you know, you listen to us and it's like, we go to counseling. Like if you believe in oil changes, we believe in counseling. Like it's preventative maintenance, all those things. It wasn't always that way. It's that way today <coughs> because of what we went through. Right. There was, I don't remember how, I think Lincoln was a little bit older than that's the other thing too. When you go see a counselor, if it doesn't work out, you can just leave. Like you don't find have another one to yeah. go to them, right? Because we went to a counselor who was a disaster, uh, and that was that was a little further on. That was, I think, I think he was Link probably Lincoln was two or three, not two or three, but like one and a half. It was, it was when it had gotten so bad. I mean, looking back now, now that we're doing what we're doing, yeah, I would have suggested a therapist like within moments. Of after, oh, 100%. as soon as your mom passed, I would have been yeah, in counseling. Yeah, and I did go to counseling once in California with an with a therapist for one, uh, one, s episode or in session. A, session, yeah. Someone we know. Um, you know, I can't remember her name. Oh, okay. But it was someone I had seen in the past for some other things, mm -hmm. and someone suggested. I think it was Annie Curlin who suggested, yeah, maybe go see her. And we did a tiny bit of EMDR on me right. finding my mom. Because I found her dead um, yeah, yeah. and gave her mouth to mouth. And they said, let's do some EMDR on that, just on that one issue. Because it just kept on replaying in my brain and replaying in yeah. my brain and sounds that I could hear and the gurgling and mm -hmm. all the gross stuff that happens when someone passes. Yeah. Um, sorry to be so specific, it's but hey, these us. are the stories. <laughs> and so... We said it was unfiltered. We unfiltered stories. And yeah. so that was it. That's all I did was one session because we didn't know therapists out here and we didn't, and I didn't yep. think to do any more. Yep. I thought, you know, this is just, this is just how it's going to be. This is just what we do. You just, you know, you just get through it. Totally. Yeah. Not knowing how much it would have been so Can you even much imagine? easier if we would have had therapy and people around us and the support of well, a pastor the heartache and headache it would have saved later on in the uh, years had whew. we learned how to process emotions and and go through those things and that's the thing if you <clears throat> kind of why we do what we're doing that's going through a hard time if you know someone that loses a spouse or a parent or a kid or they're going through a divorce or they have addiction problems or something recommend counseling it's okay like talking to a third party is one of the greatest things you can do for health in your life. Recommend community. Recommend them talking to their sponsor. Yeah. Recommend them going to a 12-step program. Recommend them going to rehab. Recommend anything mm -hmm. to get the help that they need Yeah, early because it doesn't need to drag on. Totally. That's totally. all. And <laughs> neither Laura or I drink anymore. Um, that's a choice that we've made. Uh, 
it wasn't always that way. This is the other thing that we never heard from a doctor. Hey, you should definitely not mix alcohol with all these things that you're taking. Like nobody ever said that. And I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can be on uh, Ambien and a painkiller and a blood thinner and an antidepressant and uh, an ADD med, all these things. The doctor doesn't say, hey, do you ever drink? Like we weren't heavy drinkers at the time. Right. Uh, We'll get to that story later. And mixing alcohol with any of that is such a mixing terrible alcohol with idea. even just one of those substances is a bad idea. Yeah, I mean for sure. Yeah, and then mixing alcohol with all five of those is a horrible yep. combination. Yep. You want to talk about being confused and lost? I mean, that's just it's just horrible, mm-hmm. people. And here's the other part. I, that was Laura's side of it. On my side, I've been ADD since I was born. Um, and I graduated college by getting on ADD meds, like in my early twenties, sophomore or junior year, I started seeing a therapist and I got on Ridlin and then I started making passing grades for the first time in my life. Um, and so during this time I had been on antidepressant. I, I don't think I, I was on antidepressants. No way. I totally was. Yeah, it was, um, not since I've been married to yep, you. Yep, absolutely. Really? Totally, because it was the one that doesn't affect your sex drive. I remember we had that conversation hmm. about it. So I was on an antidepressant. I was on an ADD med. Uh, I was on Ambien for sure. Um, and I was taking a medication for migraines that was a muscle relaxer. Oh, yeah, for his, for his uh, ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he had colitis. Yeah. yeah, I get intestinal migraines where my intestines totally would seize. I would get really bad headaches and I would convulsively throw up for days on end. Days on end. Yeah. So husband, yeah. So that was going on also. Things like I lost <laughs> 15 pounds in three days. Like not, I threw up a little bit. I threw up so many times that three years ago I had to have surgery to repair the diaphragm that holds your stomach in place and to repair my esophageal, uh, my hiatal valve and my esophagus because I'd thrown up so much, I'd ruptured all the diaphragms that hold all this together. Yeah. And just real quick, (laughs) that surgery was so horrible. I went in alone and sat in the waiting room and it took forever. I was so nervous and so scared. And I don't, I don't recommend this to any woman. If your husband is in surgery for anything, get some women around you and take them with you to the hospital or leave the hospital and go somewhere else until they call you to come back. I don't know. It was five hours. It was five hours of sitting there. I think, I think I had a major panic attack and I kept on going back up to the lady. Is he done yet? Is he done yet? Is he done yet? And I think they told her it was two and a half, three hours. It ended up being five hours. And then then finally when the doctor came out to find me, I'm just a wreck. I'm like a white, I bit every nail I had at the time just a wreck and he's like oh the the hole was much bigger than we expected and we had to fix everything it was just like it was just a nightmare nightmare so that was That's a little a crazy side story. note side I had note. been in so much pain and I I mean like the extreme pain there was so much going on yeah I have to tell you there was there was no better feeling than having the doctor come into me at recovery totally disheveled like hair matted down caked in sweat huge sweat stains on his scrubs 
And he just goes, oh my goodness, it was so much worse than we yeah. thought. I don't even know how you were living with this. Yeah. It was so crazy when we got in there. I had a hole in my stomach. Yep. Like, they had to fix that. Oh, it was so gnarly. Yeah. So, okay, that was a side note. Sorry. So, um, I was on an, I was on a ton of meds and no counseling. And for us, we look back on that time. And what was taking place is we were just being less and less present. Yeah. The meds more were, and more checked out. We're numbing our response to emotions, numbing our feelings to emotions. It was putting us to sleep every night. It was waking us up every morning. And ADD meds, I'm not 100% against it, except here's the problem. I'm just going to say this for me. I have an addictive personality, 100%. I really like the feeling that drugs give. Uh, I've talked to my doctors now. I'm not allowed to be prescribed anything that makes me feel any way. It doesn't matter if it's an up feeling, a down feeling, a numb feeling, a silly feeling, a sleepy feeling. If there's a feeling attached to a medication, I'm not allowed to take it. And it's because during this time, I'm taking something to go to sleep every single night. Every single night. And by the way. Yeah, and we should say everybody listening, he is on nothing. I don't take anything. He does not take one I take drug. Tylenol. <laughs> tylenol is the biggest thing he will take, and he rarely, rarely takes Tylenol. Yeah. So we just want everyone to hear that now. Like, this this is all past tense stuff. Yeah, I just, all right. Well, I know. I just want people to know. Ambien also gives me amnesia. So I do things and don't remember it while on Ambien. Oh, so yeah. Remember all those buys? I would buy stuff on Amazon Prime in the middle of the night. And here's the thing. It wouldn't be stuff on my list. It would be random stuff would show up. And the Lord would go, did you buy this? I'd be like, no, I didn't buy that. I'd be like, who bought this? We're sending packages back. And finally, Laura looks on our computer and finds what time. It was like 3 in the morning. I would wake up completely out of it, get on my computer, and buy random books and products. And they would just show up on our doorstep. And I don't have any – I would make phone calls. I talked to my parents a couple of times. I called friends from out of town. In the middle of the night, this, these things would take place. Um, and with the ADD meds, when you take it for a period of time, it's not that they stop working, but the feeling goes away. So Ritalin, Vyvanse, Adderall, um, all of those medications make you feel elation. Um, yeah. I feel really good. I feel like a million bucks. I feel like I can conquer the world. I have um, uh, this extreme confidence, and I get really, really happy and positive about life. Uh, and I was able to to really, really produce. I wrote a couple of books. Um, yeah. Uh, boy, there are some funny stories. Remember the the long car trip? Yeah. You wrote a book on a long car trip. Yeah, I wrote a book that could never be published on. I was awake for 39 hours, and I drove for 20 of those. Uh, and here's the truth. When I got really – and it, at the time, it did not seem – and here's why. It didn't seem like I was doing something wrong because this is what a doctor had prescribed to me. We were going to doctors. We were going to legitimate, board-certified MD medical doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists, PhDs, MDs, psychiatrists, and they were prescribing us medications knowing the other medications we were on. And so taking those medications didn't seem wrong. But 
when you're driving for 20 hours and you're awake for 39 hours. Uh, there and, might be something wrong, people. Yeah, and I recorded a book on that drive, and it's crazy. Like, you, I've listened to some of those recordings. It's crazy stuff. Like, I remember calling, by the way, I called my publisher a few times on that, talking about the great stuff I was doing, and I can't imagine what those phone messages were. I can't imagine what I said on those phone messages to those people. But Ridland keeps working whether you feel it or not. But you definitely stop feeling it after a while. And when I would stop feeling it, I would tell myself, well, it must not be working. And it certainly wasn't working the way I wanted it to. I wasn't getting the feeling that I wanted. And so every time I'd go back to my doctor, I'd say, well, I don't think it's working as much. And they would prescribe a little bit more and the feeling would come back. And then I'd come back in six months later and I'd say, you know, it's going okay, but I'm don't, it doesn't feel like it's working again. And they'd prescribe a little bit more. And then the feeling would come back. And I did this for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, you start off in Ambien, you take a quarter of one and then you take a half of one and then you take three quarters of one and then you take one whole one. And that's just the way it works with the meds. I don't feel like mm. anybody in my life at that time. And here's the truth, too. This is what I want to tell people that are doctors that are MDs. You should always assume there's a possibility of abuse and addiction in your patients. Because your patients don't normally assume abuse and addiction. There wasn't a narrative for I'm abusing drugs in my life. That narrative never existed before in my brain. And I wasn't consciously doing it. I wasn't doing it on purpose. I wasn't, hide I wasn't hiding it. No. I was doing it in plain sight. I just asked for more. And I kept getting more. And I kept getting more. And they kept giving me more and more. Yeah. And I assumed it was okay because a doctor told me it was okay. Yeah. There's so much of me that feels like I shouldn't have said any of that. Well, that's okay. The stories we tell. Yeah. It was a really, mm. really tough season in our life where yeah. we just I, I got more checked out and I got more checked out and I got more checked out and I didn't know it was taking place. Yeah. I just had no idea what was going on. I just knew I was in a ton of pain emotionally. I was in a ton of pain physically. Uh, and during the tail end of this, our work started and, just drying up. Yeah. Well, and that's when you had your worst episode ever of colitis. Remember when we were in Kansas? Yeah. So I got ordained. Yeah. You oh got my goodness. It, I, this is a great part of it. I don't, and really the story's not bad. We were working with a church. We were working with, uh, Jerry Johnson, uh, first family church in Kansas city. That's that church doesn't exist anymore. Um, Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate that. Uh, and he was on my board. His son, Jeremy, was a friend of mine. Yeah. And they befriended us. And I remember Jerry meeting with me one day. And he goes, Ryan, why aren't you ordained? And I was like, well, I didn't go to seminary. And he goes, well, you know you don't have to go to seminary to be ordained. And I was like, what? And he goes, have you had any Bible classes? I'm like, well, I have a minor in Bible. He's like, you've got a minor in Bible. You preach full time for a living and no one's ordained you? I was like, who would ordain me? He goes, like, a church ordains you. Um, and so the church, oh, sorry. Well, and this is my, this was my experience too. I'm just, the comments that are coming in are so sweet. And I appreciate Betsy and um, Catherine. Thank you so much. Um, 
I did. I was in full-time ministry. I was on the road preaching all the time. I was either speaking at Christian events. I was preaching at churches. At schools, Christian schools. Christian, Christian schools, colleges. Christian colleges. Oh, yeah. And Everywhere. so I had the greatest pastors. I mean, I had the best pastors in the world. But I made it very clear I didn't want to come home and go to work at church. I didn't want to work in my own home church as well. I did that for a living. When I came to church, I did it just to get fed. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to know who I was. I didn't want anybody to know my last name. I wanted to go be anonymous in my church and sit with my wife um, and just and just feed be and a take. church member. And be a church member. And so – it really never occurred to them, hey, let's go make a big deal about Ryan being in our church and ordaining him in our church because that would have been weird and it would have gone against everything I wanted from church. And Jerry's like, oh, well, we'll ordain you. And I was like, you can do that? And he's like, Ryan, you need this mantle placed upon you by God. This is in your legacy. This is in your heritage. And so they invited Laura and I and baby Lincoln, and he was baby, baby. Lincoln. He was... In your arms, baby Lincoln, not walking baby Lincoln. He was in the Bajorn baby, the Bajorn baby. For sure. And he ordained me. This is what I can tell you. I've seen the video. I've listened to the CD. It was a really, really beautiful service. Mm -hmm. It sure was. I also started coming down with a migraine that morning, and I could tell. Yeah. Um, I would start getting these headaches in the front of my head and it would move into the base of my neck, in the base of my skull at the top of my neck, and it would get worse and worse and worse and worse, and then I had to take medication. Oh, I had the anti-nausea medication on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, which also knocked me out. You put him to sleep. Yeah, I was prescribed that as well. I forgot that med. So we go through the ordination, and remember the restaurant we went to at the top of a building? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, they what took in us Kansas to this city. amazing. I don't remember it at all. I I barely held down any food at all. I was, I was on the he verge of collapse. So I was sick. so sick. He was stress induced a lot of the things that went on, and I didn't know it. And he was pretty green looking. People. It oh was, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. We get back to the hotel, and I immediately start convulsively throwing up, and yeah. I'm throwing up over and over and over again. So bad, so that I got Laura and Lincoln another hotel room. I just yep. called down the front desk. I said, do you have any open rooms? I put them in another room because I was rolling off the bed. I was rolling was on the so bed. Bad. I couldn't stop to the point where I need. I probably needed to go to the ER. Yeah, but we didn't know. Here we are in Kansas City in a hotel. I don't know anybody. I'm out of my meds, and I have no more meds left. Um, and so I called the pastor in the middle of the night. And I said, do you have a doctor that can prescribe me? Uh, it's a medication called Finnegan, which is an anti-nausea. And he was like, I'll send somebody over. Just hang on. Hang on. I'll send somebody over. And I don't know, 45 minutes later, luckily, about 15 minutes after that, I found one pill. I found one pill. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I took it. And then this doctor showed up. And he showed up with Compazine, which I am totally allergic to. He can't take it. I mean, I am allergic to Compazine. It is the worst reaction. <clears throat> and so he comes with Compazine, and I was like, I can't take that at all. And luckily, I took this pill. It knocked me out. I woke up the next morning. In fact, the next morning when we flew home was the day I got diagnosed with intestinal migraines. Yes. 
because Jeremy's assistant's granddaughter got them. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it sounds like you get a test on migraines. And when I got home, I called the doctor and explained the situation. He was like, oh, my goodness, you had an epiphany. That's exactly what you have. And that's when they started prescribing the muscle relaxer. Right. Because it would take it away. And that's when he stopped throwing up. So so our first, you know, couple years of our marriage <laughs> – I mean, even one of our very early on dates, I was taking him to the, to the hospital. It wasn't a date. I was taking him to the airport to go to a speaking event somewhere in Michigan. Oh, yes. And he starts vomiting as we're driving up the 7033 way. I was way. driving. No. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, he, oh, yeah, he was driving. So I'm driving our truck. And he just, like, grabs, like, a Coke thing and just, or, like, a cup. It was a, a giant. It was, like, giant, a, a big, big gulp, gulp thing. And yeah. starts barfing in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we need to turn around and he needs to go back and go home and go to bed. Like this is this he's throwing up, and to me, when you throw up, you're sick. You stay in bed, and he's like, "This is just normal life," and we just keep going. He's like, "No, I just got to get to the um, I just got to get to the airport, take my meds, and I'll be fine." And this is when I come to find out that Ryan just vomits every six to eight weeks. Yeah, he just I would go vomits. Through convulsive. Yeah, I, I. It was the strangest. We got thing married I, quickly, yeah, so we're driving. So, <laughs> this is what goes on. I'll go from my point of view, and we have to get off this. We've been going for a while now. Okay. We're driving along, and I, I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up. And I grabbed a big gulp. I ripped the top off. I poured it out the window, and I, I put my seat back quickly. And I've got one hand on the wheel, one hand on the big gulp, and I just start throwing up in the big gulp. And so I fill it up. I dump it out. I start throwing up again. And Laura starts screaming. She's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, pull my gosh. Over. Pull over. Pull over. And I'm looking at her like, what are you doing? Do we? I remember just being so confused. Like, why are you freaking out? So I finished throwing up. I dump it out. I put the cut back and I keep driving. And she was like, pull over, pull over. And I was like, why? And she's like, you're sick. And I was like, I'm not sick. I'm just throwing up. And the look on her face, it was the first time. I've never been so confused. It's the first time I realized. Ryan. Oh, this is a problem. Yeah. Like, this isn't normal. And I didn't know how to explain to her. I'm not contagious. I'm not typically sick. sick. It's just this thing I have. And it's she's just like, this what thing do I you do. mean? It's this thing I have. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, well, like every four to six weeks, this happens. And she was like, Ryan, that's not normal. You need to see a doctor. <laughs> and I was like, I have. They don't know what's wrong with me. They just, they can't figure it out i just need to take my meds and i'll be fine and she was like what do you mean you'll be fine you have to go home you need to be in bed and i was like i have to go to work she just couldn't the i remember her dropping me off at the airport and it was just like i think i was almost in tears oh, like for is sure this, you were in tears is this yeah. i can't believe this yeah like when i throw up i want someone Producer to take Kay's care of me shaking her head. she I, hasn't heard so many of these stories i just it was it was just draw 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 no jaw dropping yeah. Oh, that's hard to say. It really was. So, yeah. So all that going on. So no wonder we had been prescribed so many meds to go yep. back to our original story and then just yeah. to bring them back forward. So those are kind of little antidotes to where, <laughs> to why we ended up where we did. Yep. And then we, <clears throat> next time we will get into what happened being on all those meds and being on all the all that stuff. And, and ramping it up for overtime, too. And the pitfalls that rapidly came quickly yep. after doing that to our bodies and to our minds. Yeah? Totally. Totally, okay. totally. All right. So uh, hang on for a second, and I'll answer. Let's see. You guys are so nice. Thanks, everybody. Uh, 
Thanks, the net. I appreciate it. Authenticity. It's the only way we know to be. Honestly, it's why we said it's the unfiltered look at our life because it's so scary telling these stories. It really yeah. is. Like, I'm going to get emotional talking about it. It is so scary saying these things. And it really did happen to us. And it happens to so many people. And nobody wants to talk about it. And so we just suffer through these things alone. And we think, no one has any idea what I'm going through. I'm the only one that goes through it. Lisa Turkist was on the broadcast earlier. And she says, if Satan can isolate you, he can influence you. And we were isolated. We were so so isolated. Mm -hmm. We didn't think anybody else was going through any of these things. We weren't talking to anybody about it. We weren't really telling all of our friends what was going on. And we didn't know we ought to be talking about it. Yeah. We didn't know we should be telling people, hey, we're being prescribed all these things. Like we have doctors now that talk to us about all these things. Sarah says that this information is very vital. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, don't feel like you should not share your experiences. Many of us have been there too. That's the whole thing. We oh, know so many people have yeah. been there as well. So many people. We need to uh, <sighs> hear and real honest people talking about it. Thank you. Thanks. We need you guys to do a chapel at our school anytime. You can email me help at rebelparenting.org. Help at rebelparenting.org. We go anywhere. We love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Puke Trinity. Uh, Fenergan Composine. And uh, now we have Zofran which doesn't make you feel any certain way. It doesn't knock you out and it does take it away. Cause I still have, um, <clears throat> some intestinal migraines still do occur. Yeah. And so I'm not allowed, I don't physically have the capability to throw up anymore after they repaired my hiatal valve. <clears throat> so I don't, yeah, when I get the flu, <laughs> I can't throw up. So it's a little scary. It's a yeah. little scary. And it is our life. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank uh, you. We appreciate it. If you need help in any way, if you're experiencing some of these things, uh, if you need to get into a 12-step program and you want to talk to somebody about it, you can email us, help at rebelparenting.org. Uh, we don't have all the answers, but we do have listening ears, and we can try to point you in the right direction. We always recommend a third party. Uh, it's one of the most important things you could possibly do. Zofran is a miracle. Yes, it is, Betsy. God bless y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, The Stories We Will Tell is produced by Rebel Parenting. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Parenting Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L. And the number is 444-999. God bless. We'll see you next time for another episode of Oh, The Stories We Will Tell. Oh, The Stories We Will Tell.